Welcome to the Psalms, a call to words podcast where timeless truths shape today's words. I am your host, David Bunce, and I hope that you will be blessed as we journey through the great songbook of the Bible. Psalm 66 is a wonderful psalm of praise to God, recognizing who God is in His character, in His might, in His majesty. But we can also recognize from David the need to anchor all of our prayers in an apprehension of grace given by God. When we enter into the holy throne room of heaven through prayer, we can come boldly before His throne because of God's grace and even allowing us to come before Him. It is also important to see in the psalm that it is praise that's focused on. Thanksgiving is key in our prayers, but if we only focus on thanksgiving, there is a tendency or a temptation toward focusing on ourselves. One commentator reminds us that praise requires concentration on the thing, person, or deity being praised. Thanks tends to be focused on what the speaker has received, and thus may become narrow and perfunctory. In the expression of thanksgiving, the self may become the primary subject, but this is much less likely to happen in praise. So may we learn from the psalmist in this, that in our prayers, let us have a balance of thanking God for what he has done in our lives, but also just focusing our attention, concentrating on him as being worthy of all praise, that God would be our focus in prayer. And the psalmist helps us with that in Psalm 66. To the choir master, a song, a psalm. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give to him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies come cringing to you. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you and they praise to your name. Come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds toward the children of man. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. There did we rejoice in him who rules by his might forever, whose eyes keep watch on the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Bless our God, O peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard, who has kept our soul among the living and has not let our feet slip. For you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net. You laid a crushing burden on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and water, yet you have brought us out to a place of abundance. I will come into your house with burnt offerings. I will perform my vows to you, that which my lips uttered and my mouth promised when I was in trouble. I will offer to you burnt offerings of fattened animals with the smoke of the sacrifice of rams. I will make an offering of bulls and goats. Come and hear, all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. I cried to him with my mouth, and high praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But truly, God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. This psalm again draws our attention upward toward God, where sometimes we can be tempted to look inward for answers. We are always reminded 
the answers themselves and the solutions themselves, the rescue itself, comes from God himself. When we look elsewhere, we will be sorely disappointed and we will never find the intimacy of relationship that God calls us to in prayer if we do not have him as our focus, but rather his gifts or the things that he has done. However, if we rightly know who God is, we know he will act. And we have seen his faithfulness both in our lives and in history. Note that David's most vivid example of God's faithfulness in the past, not only in his life, but in the life of the people of Israel, he turns to the Pentateuch, to the first five books of Moses, and he remembers what God had done for the people of Israel in delivering them from Egypt, taking them out of the place where they were persecuted and they were enslaved, and he sees how God has been gracious to his people. And so, instead of God letting them pass, instead of letting uh, God letting them remain in the times of suffering and trial, he brought deliverance. What did he do? Verse 6 reminds us, he turned the sea into dry land. Remember the waters being parted by Moses because of his surrender to God's mighty work of deliverance. They passed through the river on foot. This is a miraculous thing. It is able to uh, remind us of God's might and his strength and his providence in all things. We also remember that God not only brought the Israelites through the water, but he brought the water back to destroy those who were pursuing them to death. It should be, as William Plummer comments, a considerable part of our business in this life, earnestly to call men's attention to the wonderful works and the terrible doings of the Almighty. This is the prescribed duty of parents, teachers, preachers of the gospel, yes, of all men as they have opportunity. We are not only to talk about the great and good things, but also God's majestic might and power in bringing destruction to his enemies. Why is that? Because we recognize God's sovereign providence in it all. Uh, also, that it also reminds us of the redeeming love that God has shown toward his people. He is going to judge the nations and he is going to give redemption to those who follow him. So then when we reflect on what God has done to deliver his people, we rejoice in him, we bless him, we praise him. And we also see in this psalm something rather incredible, though we just noted God's destruction against enemies and those outside of his people there's something else happening. In verse 7, God is ruling in his might forever, but he is also watching the nations because he is watching the nations. Why? To bring those who are outside of the people of God an invitation to be a part of the people of God. What do I mean by this? I'm talking about the Gentiles, those outside of God's people that through the cross of Jesus Christ are then able to come near to God through his sacrifice, that this uh, providence and sovereignty of God is not only demonstrated toward the Jewish people, but toward those who will be the true Israel, those who are going to rest in him when Christ has come. So, that is a wonderful reminder to us to trust in Jesus and to rest our lives in him.
Again, another point of this is seeing the offerings of a heart that is sacrificial toward him. David brings all of these bulls and rams and goats, but ultimately, he even worries about God not having heard him because of iniquity in his heart. But what happens when David reflects upon his own iniquity? We would expect in this syllogism that David brings into the psalm, he says, if I had cherished iniquity into my heart, then the Lord would not have listened. So we would think next step is, then I cleansed my heart from iniquity, so then the Lord listened. But what happens instead in verse 19 is an incredible subversion that makes us see God's grace. He says, but truly God has listened. He doesn't go and clean himself up and then come to God. He sees God's grace in while he is a sinner. God has mercy on him and attends to the voice of his prayer. This is especially important for us as believers in Jesus Christ. I'm not sure who all is listening, but if you are a believer in Christ, you are able to come to God even when you are wrestling, fighting, struggling through sin. You're able to come into His very near presence and have the assurance that He will listen, not based on your performance, but based on His grace and based on his steadfast love. Note how that prayer, his recognition of his sin, but his recognition of God's mercy leads David to praise. Blessed be God, because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. God will continue to be faithful even when we are unfaithful. May that spur us on toward a greater pursuit of holiness and a greater joy in praising the one from whom all blessings flow. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this psalm. Indeed, how awesome are all the things that you have done. How great you are in this world. All of the earth will worship you one day. May we be part of the earth worshiping you now in preparation for the time when you will come again in the flesh, reminding us of your great power and might when we get to see you face to face, when all of your enemies are vanquished and when the righteous are given the continual blessing of being in your very near physical presence for all of eternity. Lord, help us to bless you, to praise you, to rejoice in you, to be thankful for your deliverance, and to hope in you, to remember that you have not removed your steadfast love. Let us rejoice in that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to The Psalms, a Call to Words podcast. For more content, just visit calledtowords.com. I hope you will join us again next time for more riches from the Psalms.